your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Burke, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker, uh, teasing you one more time <laughs> uh, about where I'll be writing. I've been a longtime Kentucky beat writer, coming to a new website near you. Uh, actually, by the time a lot of you listen to this, it'll probably be official, but we can't talk about it just yet because some of you will be listening to this before it is official so if it's monday morning uh go to my twitter account which the handle will change probably by then but uh if you already follow me it should pull it up uh and you'll see the news but we'll we'll be able to talk about it the rest of the week i have some cool stuff coming there as well in the written form but in the meantime if it's a big deal to you the big blue nation then i and curtis birch will be here every day monday through friday on the Locked On Podcast Network, talking about the Cats. The Cats are 5-0 and in football, Kyle. And it's I mean, pretty crazy. <laughs> the start of this season, I don't think many, if any, thought that this was a possibility. I mean, I think, looking back at the start, I think everybody, most people might have taken 3-2 and two, UK fans. Yeah. Many would have been thrilled with 4-1. and one. But to be 5-0, and 3-0 oh, oh in the SEC... I mean, uh, let's see, what was it? I th- uh, I'll find the stat here in a minute, but it, it's a really, really historical start, historically good start for Kentucky football. Yeah, I mean, like, I think a lot of people thought this schedule set up pretty well for them to be, you know, to chase eight wins plus this season. But I think still, even those people looked at the front half of the schedule and thought at Florida, I mean, given the history and the fact that it's on the road is a tough ask. And then Mississippi State, many people thought was sort of one of the handful of um, just not going to happen because they look so good. To win both of those, to win them both by double digits, uh, and then do it again, really take it to South Carolina last night to make it five in a row in that series. I mean, at one point it's 24-3. to I know people are frustrated by the offense in the second half, but they did exactly what they needed to do. That defense was unbelievable. Uh, all you had to do was just not – not turn the ball over, and so they they went into grind it out mode, and they ground it out. Uh, they made South Carolina take twenty plays to get down the field on them uh, and burn up most of the fourth quarter, and gave and then turned them over. Got gave them no points out of that. So it it was just that was impressive last night. This start is really impressive. I don't think, as you said, I, I think even the most optimistic Kentucky fan was not thinking five and zero. Oh. And now now they can really, I mean. I said this before the game. If they get to five and zero, they can really start to dream big because you know they go at A and M. That's a tough one. They're going to still have Georgia. That's a really tough one. But the other five regular season games are games that either are basically a coin flip or Kentucky will be a significant favorite in. The Missouri game being the toughest of those. But I mean, they're going to be favored over Tennessee, over Vanderbilt, over Louisville, which blew a game on Saturday. Is two and three now over MTSU. There are there are legitimately four to five more wins that you would say Kentucky has a great shot at, even if you even if you want to hand them losses at Texas A&M and against Georgia. I mean that's still a ten and two season right there on the table for this Kentucky team in a not crazy everything has to go their way type of scenario. Here's the stat: This is the fifth time since World War II, Kentucky has started a season 5 and 0. It happened back to back years 49 and 50. So this is the third time since 1950 Kentucky football has been 5 and 0 to start a year. 
just a crazy, crazy stat. Crazy, unbelievably good year. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things. Obviously, Josh Allen had a huge game. The Cash Daniel penalty had some controversy to it. As Kyle mentioned there, we also want to talk about just what it means to kind of be dominant over South Carolina and spin it forward about what this means going forward for Kentucky football. But let's start with Josh Allen, Kyle. I mean, he is, here's some stats. Currently, he leads the SEC and is tied for first nationally with 10.5 tackles for loss. He's third in the nation with six sacks. That all, that leads the SEC. And he, with the three sacks he had in the game, moved him to third all-time in Kentucky history with 20.5 sacks. He only trails Bud Dupree and Oliver Barnett. A historically good night for him and a historical just season he's on pace for. Yeah, and he's not racking up these numbers against – it's kind of the same as Benny Snell. It's not not just racking up numbers against the lesser opponents on the schedule. He's been completely dominant in their three SEC games. Uh, he was the difference maker in the Florida game, had the game-clinching play, strip sack. Um, he was – you know, it, it, his stats really are, are just totally deceptive from the Mississippi State game because they were jumping uh, false start over and over again because they were shook by him. They were holding him repeatedly. Some called, some not. Many many were not. And so the final numbers don't even look nearly as impressive. They're good, but they weren't nearly as impressive as what he really was. And then all of it came together, and he was he looked to the eye like a totally dominant player, and then the stats backed it up in this, in this last one. Uh, four tackles for loss, three sacks. They just couldn't handle him, no, and nobody can. So – um, yeah, I, I think I think what Josh Allen is doing is, for one, it's it's the biggest reason this defense is is a legitimate SEC defense that is going that is winning them games. And two, he's making himself just a, it feels like he's making himself a million dollars every weekend. There's no telling sort of how high he could climb these draft boards if he keeps doing what he's doing because he's going to go, uh, you know, past the eye test and probably. Uh, the the measure tests the measurement tests will be off the chart at the combine, uh, and then when you got the film that he's got in the SEC and the numbers, it's uh, he's I think he's gonna be a top twenty pick, maybe top fifteen pick. Can he go higher than that? I mean, maybe so. Mark Stoops was asked about Josh Allen and if he had ever had coached a more dominant pass rusher, and obviously he had Bud Dupree here in Kentucky, and then he had a bunch at Florida State, and he really didn't coach him at Miami, but, I mean, he saw a lot. And he said he couldn't couldn't name a, a more dominant guy from what Josh Allen is right now, and it's just phenomenal to see. He has impact all over the all over the field, and that impact is starting to, to your point, Kyle, help the rest of the defense. You know, I asked him about Boogie Watson after the game and Watson getting a sack uh, the past two games, and he was like, yeah, he should be because, I'm you know, they're focusing on me, so that frees it up for him. And he he showed out. I saw um, the Pro Football Focus. Someone tweeted out that uh, Watson had one of the highest graded games. So Kentucky's full defense is starting to come together, and it's really really impressive to see. And I think that's what Mark Stoops envisioned. And he's finally got the talent to a place where he can execute it on the field. Yeah, I mean, really, if you just take you know, in in as dominant as they've been, there's just in in all of these games really like a play take a play out and and they're even more ridiculous i mean last night basically you had a gamble where lonnie johnson tried to to jump a pass and and pick it off 
it was really kind of just a throw it up desperation heave and it ends up at a 58 yard touchdown other than that which was i mean again it's just kind of a blown play they gave up nothing and there's you know there are instances like that in some other games i mean they they have just been so solid and the fact that you could that's the kind of play that you know would be a snowball in a lot of other a lot of other years for Kentucky's defense and that was that those plays have just been the anomaly. They, they they might give one of those up in a game, but they're the anomaly. And then they come back and, you know, guys all over the field are making plays. The fact the fact that they could lose Cash Daniel and it it didn't hurt them uh, is, is significant. That they had a guy you could slide in there and uh, they'd be okay. I'm all, all the way around impressed. I, I think a guy we haven't – I'm not sure if we've mentioned him hardly at all on this podcast, but Darius West has been well. so good. I was working um, on that, and I'll have per- <laughs> not not I'm not work wasn't working on that for this podcast, but I will say I'm of your same mindset, and I have proof that it, I'm not just stealing your idea. I was gonna do a cup. I'll probably end up doing it either today or tomorrow, but a cut up. I asked all the defensive guys after the game what he means to the defense, and some of the superlatives they were kind of throwing around was just remarkable what they think of him. Uh, yeah. I forget who who said it, but they called him the hammer, and he, Derek Beatty. He stopped short of saying he was the leader of the secondary because, you know, they're all such a veteran group. I don't think any of them wants to be considered one guy the head of it. But he basically said they, that Darius West makes him go back there. I mean, the hammer is appropriate. He just absolutely drills people. Uh, had a big pick last night. He, I'm so impressed by uh, the way he tackles, the way he seems to be in the right spot. And just the fact that he is is playing football, college football at a high level right now, or at all, is is amazing. We've talked, we did, I think we did mention this. I mean, he's broken his leg like three or four different times. It looked like his his college career was going to be derailed by all these uh, injuries, and that seemed like a chronic thing for him. And he, for a guy that seemed a little bit brittle early on in his career, he's he's the the bone shaker now. And and I just. I mean, Darius West is really good, and he he leads the SEC in uh, passes broken up. Uh, he's got two picks or passes defended. He's got two fi- two picks and five more breakups. And when he breaks them up, it's usually pretty violent. I, I I think people have come to fear him a little bit. I mean, that's a that's a big thing. Um, you know, stats or whatever aside, I think the fear factor, uh, the intimidation factor. I mean, when has Kentucky had that? I mean, they've got a guy roaming well, the secondary that. Yeah. Will, knock your lights out they've got cash daniel in the in the intermediate that who will knock your lights out and did and got ejected for it last night and then they've got josh allen who will knock your lights out i mean they, they have a real intimidation factor on defense which I, I i certainly have never seen in the time that i've covered kentucky yeah and to your point i mean there's it's one of those things where you see some drop passes from south carolina and like what the heck that you know where is that coming from and i think that factors Footsteps. in yeah that factors <laughs> in and you meant you mentioned cash daniels a couple of times we're going to get to hear him and his ejection and what it means going forward and what we kind of th- think about the play overall but first i wanted to let you guys know about my bookie you know ever since i started this podcast people have been asking me for advice usually it's what team to bet on this week the truth is I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are the best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. They have in-game, live betting, over/under on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. My bookie is slammed with new betters and wants to give everyone the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, 
They'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Use promo code ONCOLLEGE25 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And if you're willing to hold off until after 7 p.m., you can get an extra $25 free play by using the promo code ONCOLLEGE25. You play, you win, you get paid. That atmosphere in Kroger Field was crazy last night, and if you couldn't make it because you didn't get tickets, well, next time, here's how you get them. Go to Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on your favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or even look for seats in a specific section or row. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Here's how you get it. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download Vivid Seats app. Use the promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. This is Locked On Kentucky. Your team every day. I'll just put it out bluntly. Should that have been a targeting on Cash Daniel? I mean, it sounded like to me. I mean, when the when on the broadcast when they went through the explanation of it, it sounded like to me uh, by the letter of the law. I guess it it should have been. Now I've seen people say they can't they can't find in the rules where it what he did is described as targeting. I mean, I think at minimum it was a foolish play just because there was it was unnecessary. Um, you know, there, it's just not necessary to go destroy somebody uh, as a defensive player after a turnover. I mean, you've got the ball. You're going to be in great field position. Uh, in general, that's not necessarily. And then, and, and then specific to that play, it was not going to help. I mean, the, the return man was already by him, so – Probably a little too enthusiastic, but, you know, I don't know how much they want to, to ramp that down in Cash Daniel. I mean, that's what makes him go, uh, is that mentality. You want him to be smart and not try to hurt anybody, obviously. But it's really unfortunate because, in, barring an appeal, which it didn't sound like anyone has said they will do. Well, no one uh, no one asked specifically. I think, that, you know, they probably turned those over. And I think just because it is – borderline I think you definitely turn it in because you definitely you want cash Daniel for the whole the whole Texas A&M game yeah that's what I was gonna say that that's the real the real blow there is if he can't play the first half I mean do you get do you get out in in a hole early you don't want to do that on the road you'd like to have all your horses and um so it'll be interesting just to see if they if they do try to appeal that if there is any leeway there uh, I don't know. It seems mo- more than likely he will have to sit that out. And, um, you know, I thought they looked good without him. Um, they, they did fine without him uh, last night. But um, I don't know. I, I just it, It's a fine line because, like I said, with a guy, especially a guy like Cash Daniel, you don't want to – you don't want to take away the thing that makes him him, uh, that, is, that has made the team rally around him. I mean, even, you know, that same energy was coming out of him after he gets ejected. You know, he's about to leave the well, field. And he, he whips back around and goes and gets everybody fired up. And I saw the, the quotes from Josh Allen where he said, you know, he wasn't going to reveal what he said, but he was, he was telling him some stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So, you know, he's valuable to the team because of, of his sort of all-in mentality, but you, you do have to kind of keep it in check. And, you know, it didn't sound like Stoops was mad, but no. it sounded like there was a little, a little bit of disappointment there that he, he didn't keep it a little more in check on that play. I got the quote from Stoops here on Daniel's hit. There's nothing malicious about it. He didn't mean to target somebody. It was very close from what I could tell, and so it's disappointing. But again, teaching moment for us about peelback blocks and all that stuff. So uh, I think overall it was just a terrible decision, and it's close enough, in my opinion, with the way football is right now with player safety, which is legitimate concerns with everything we know medically now. I think that's a call that officials are going to make, and people get mad about it sometimes, and someone said... in. Depending on what camera angle you're looking at, it kind of looks like there might have been a little bit of helmet contact. Maybe not. Either way, when it's borderline, they're going to give they're going to err on the side of caution in the current climate, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And overall, Daniel shouldn't have been making that block. It was unneeded. It was behind the play. Darius West, who made the pick, was out of bounds for two or three steps already. There was no need for it. And it's a fine line you got to walk with all those guys. It was getting chippy out there. I understand the adrenaline's pumping and you want to help a guy potentially get to the the end zone off an interception like that, but the play was well past you and it play was over. Just a big mistake from Cash Daniel, and it, it probably is going to cost him not only in that game, uh, but going forward. Uh, a couple other quick notes. Uh, injury-wise, the only one that was mentioned by Stoops that will be going forward was Nasir Watkins. He said he would probably miss a couple games. Obviously, that's a big deal because they've already lost – Landon Young to injury for the season. So now it's EJ Price at left tackle. And the plan is, while uh, not 100%, Stoops wasn't 100% on this because it's John Schlarman's call, he said that uh, Darian Kennard, the true freshman, will probably work in and be the backup and use his four games for the new redshirt rule until Watkins can come back. While while you never want to have that issue at tackle, it doesn't sound like it should linger on all season for him. Everything else was healthy, according to Stoops. And then the other kind of interesting note is that he announced Saheem King will redshirt this season. When followed up and asked if he will return to Kentucky, Stoops said that they will address that later. So that was the other. that's the other kind of note from the press conference from just personnel standpoint that Stoops went over. Yeah, the, the sort of Deshaun Watson... Uh rule uh i mean not deshaun watson uh the the guy who replaced deshaun watson kelly uh, bryant kelly bryant the the kelly bryant rule uh and boy that almost bit clemson in the rear end right away as the the guy he decided to transfer for uh taking his job got hurt in that game they almost got beat but yeah you wondered if that would happen with any guys here and and uh, i guess if you were putting i didn't think much about it but i guess if you were putting together a list a ranking of most likely guys on the Kentucky roster to use that four game redshirt rule and take a transfer Saheem King would make a lot of sense i mean there's just not a lot there with Benny uh Benny had almost he had over 100 yards last night and then ran backwards a couple times uh finished with 99 AJ Rose looked great again we had a unbelievable touchdown run a very mm-hmm. benny a benny-esque touchdown run benny had a terrific touchdown run as well a uh, a spin move touchdown and then you know the freshman chris rodriguez who looked really good in his couple carries uh earlier in the season and, and looks like he has a bright future the, if you're saheem king there's just you know it's hard to find it's hard to see a path to a real role on this team right now and 
it, it stinks for him because I think he's a good little back, but, um, you know, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. But it's nice also to get to this point and be able to say, hey, okay, I, I don't have a role that I want, and I can go somewhere and play one more year. So, good, you know, I think that's, that is a fair thing to do for these players, and it'll suck for some of the coaches and roster management, especially if you have it done with your quarterback room. Uh, but I think it's fair for the players. All right, uh, we're going to come back here in a second and discuss what it means to kind of that Kentucky football is now clearly ahead of South Carolina, which, I mean, a few years ago, well, actually, I'll put it this way, the start of this year I don't think many people believed was actually true. But first I want to tell you about FanDuel. FanDuel is here, and if you've missed your season-long fantasy leagues, have no fear, you can still play FanDuel. FanDuel has one week and even one day games. And now there's even more ways to play. One of those new ways to play is Beat the Score. Beat the Score is a new contest type where instead of having to come in into top place among a bunch of competitors, you just have to beat a preset score. Anyone who beats the score wins money. Pretty simple. The result is more people is winning. I'm on FanDuel and you should be too. Go check out FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. And right now, new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. So come play with me at FanDuel.com slash locked on. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I mean, Kyle, it was that was kind of the SEC Media Day, uh, one of the storylines from a Kentucky standpoint. Everybody was falling in love with South Carolina, and it was odd from a standpoint of Lexington because – well, we beat it four times in a row. Is that really the program you think second best in the East? I understand why people thought that looking back at last year, how the Gamecocks finished. They have a, a quarterback that looks like he has a bright future. But Saturday showed that Kentucky is better than South Carolina as a football team and as a program. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the big picture takeaway is is – Kentucky has moved ahead of everybody else in the East except Georgia as a program. Florida came back with a has come back nicely since losing to Kentucky and, and won at Mississippi State last night. That was a kind of a shocker. Florida's probably right there and obviously has a lot, you know, the, Kentucky has one win in the last 33 years against them. But if we're talking about in this moment, certainly in this season, Kentucky, I think, looks ahead of the, the entire East. But over the last few seasons, really – ahead of most of the East. You know, they've they've moved ahead of Vanderbilt very clearly. They've moved ahead of Missouri. I think that'll be a tough game this year, but in over the last three or four years, they're ahead of Missouri as a program. You know, they're ahead of Tennessee right now as a program, uh, ahead of Florida after what happened in the Swamp. You know, and if they'd finished that one last year, they'd, you know, they had that one just about one, and they'd be on a two-game winning streak against Florida. And then there's South Carolina, which – had owned Kentucky. Uh, I mean, in the larger sense, Steve Spurrier had owned them for even longer, at going from Florida and then then South Carolina. But specific to the Gamecocks, it was 13 out of the last 14 at one point mm-hmm. before this Kentucky winning streak. South Carolina had won 13 of 14 in the series uh, and 10 in a row at one point. And now Kentucky has reeled off five straight. And I saw one of the South Carolina beat writers tweeted last night, you know, if you lose once, you could say it was a fluke. If you lose twice, you could say it was a couple down seasons. But if you lose five times in a row, you have to admit the other program has has jumped over you as a program, and that's tough for South Carolina fans to swallow. But that is in that's the case, and you know it was never close 
in last night. Kentucky, you know, jumped out to the big lead and never got too terribly concerned, I don't think, uh, about losing that game and, and won by 14. So um, that's a pretty significant thing as you're trying to climb the ladder. And you can talk about all the other programs being down. and But there have been a lot of years where other programs in the conference were down and Kentucky could not capitalize. And now for a few years in a row they have. You know, and they're they're the clear to me the clear number two in the East, uh, and that is, that is not a small thing, uh, get, especially in the greater context of all of Kentucky football history, modern football history. It's been a, been an elusive thing for them, and so you know the the South Carolina series I think sort of defines the Mark Stoops era. It really uh, it was the first program they broke through, and they have not relinquished that. You know, and now they've had breakthroughs against a bunch of others. Can they can they take it another step higher? I guess we're about to find out. Yeah, and I think sometimes matchups and coaching styles are maybe there's some fluky wins in there, as you said. You know, one whatever the once is a something the coincidence, da 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 da, on and on. Um, and I thought Muschamp's style of being a defensive guy maybe allowed Kentucky to hang in some of those previous games and come out and win. Well, maybe South Carolina had more talent, and probably a, a few of those games that was probably the case, maybe. But right now, it's it's Kentucky's just so much better, and it was evident on the field. Never getting within two scores in the second half is pure dominance in all actuality. And as you pointed out earlier, the only touchdown they get is only because Lonnie Johnson saw I don't know like a highlight in his future and something he could put on a. Uh, real because he went for a pick and missed kind of badly and then allowed Samuel to go to the house. Uh, but other than that, that defense is just just so unbelievable. And from a national perspective, um, Kentucky, the coaches poll just came out. As we're recording this, the AP poll is not out, but they're 15th in the coaches poll, so they're up two spots. And it was just announced that the Kentucky-Texas A&M game will be on ESPN. So the, as some people call it, the mothership, the Second biggest game that you could have, I guess, probably, you know, in that time slot for the most part. It's a national broadcast. It's a huge deal. A lot of people always just turn on ESPN as default. And so they'll be on in a lot of, you know, neutral sports bars along the country. And that's going to, that could be another big, big event for them. Yeah. This, it's, it's an, it's an opportunity for sure. Um, for anybody that's sort of holding out their, uh, belief in the hype about Kentucky, that one I think would seal the deal. Um, I think anybody that's sort of holding back. I mean, if, if, if Kentucky, if you had any other name in the SEC just about on, on Kentucky's resume right now, I think they'd probably be in the top ten. Um, you know, I think they're still, you know, they're getting plenty of respect relative to their, to their past and, and what they've done. 15th is, is – not like you're not getting any love, but I do think if it was, if we're talking about this is Auburn or whoever else and they're five and oh, and they've won at Florida and they've demolished Mississippi state and they easily handled South Carolina, uh, they're probably in the top 10. So I do think there's some people still holding back, uh, and maybe even some Kentucky fans still just a little bit in the back of their mind, like waiting for the, for the, other shoe to drop like what okay but is is this all just a dream and it's gonna you know is the balloon gonna get popped go win at texas a&m in front of that crowd even though texas a&m is not a juggernaut texas a&m is not a juggernaut this year uh they played clemson to the wire um 
gave Alabama a little bit of a fight. Um, you know, they, they, uh, that, that's a really, really tough place to play. I think that doing that on national TV in prime time would have everybody bought in at that point, you're six and oh, you're bowl eligible with half your schedule yeah. to go. Uh, and at that point too, you're four and oh in the league and you're, you're, a, you're a bona fide sec contender because, um, you know, if you still don't have a loss that deep in the season, you start looking towards that Georgia game. Georgia's got to play a couple tough teams out of the West. You know, you could even lose a game and and, and get to the Georgia game uh, where the winner is taking home the East, yeah. which is just, you know, it's crazy. I mean, I think, I think we're approaching the point in the season where that is possible, where even if Kentucky has a loss in there, maybe even two losses – they could still go into the Georgia game because of who Georgia has to play where the winner winner takes all. And that is uh, crazy to think about. Yeah, there's no doubt. And we're going to be, you know, talking about the Kentucky football team all this week. I think Kyle, we are, we got some, we got some fun audio that we're going to be working into the, the podcast this week as well. So stay tuned for that. Also this week, we're going to be talking some basketball recruiting because Kyle, this just came to my attention Evan Daniels just logged a crystal ball pick, and he says Isaiah Stewart is going to pick Kentucky. So we, we mentioned wow. that a little bit on uh, on the podcast last week. He was on a visit this week. We'll touch on that again. We'll talk to some people. We'll keep you updated on that. So to get all that, be sure to be subscribed to this podcast. Hit subscribe. Not just hit it. Mash it on your phone. Almost break your screen to make sure it's happening. And then uh, review, rate, review, and do all those things. I saw, um, I, I don't want to, sh- I'll just hold it. There was a review that I really liked, Kyle, that I'm going to read on the next podcast. So remind me to do that before we sign off. Just to just to let people know, Georgia still has at LSU, Florida at Kentucky, and Auburn all in a row. So, like I said, Georgia could lose some lose a game or two in there, and, and Kentucky could be right in the mix. And that's where you want to be. You want to be in the mix, and we're in the mix every day, Monday through Friday. Follow us on social media. Search Locked On Kentucky on Facebook. Follow at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. And when it happens, I'll tweet out Kyle's new Twitter handle tomorrow. So just follow my account, and I'll let you know where, where Kyle ends up. That's that's I'll break that news, okay, after you already break Perfect. it. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Kentucky. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.